Welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, and also on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also, give us a shout on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're, we're usually uh, the first thing that pops up, and we're very easy to find. Always appreciate your feedback. Today is Friday the 13th. What a day. Uh, actually, my mom was born on Friday the 13th, so I actually like the number 13, and I always bet it when I play roulette, and it's won me a lot of money. So, you know what? It doesn't have to be unlucky, and today we hope our luck is good. Actually, I'm not going to call it luck because we've done our research and we've got a lot of good info for you guys heading into the weekend when it comes to college football and baseball. We're starting off today with college football with a few picks from Chip Cherimbus, including a Friday night game because Friday night college football is back and it's never too early to get your picks going for the weekend as far as the Saturday games go. Uh, second segment, we've got Tony T on to talk baseball, some of those National uh, League wildcard races. Really fun to watch. Uh, it'll be uh, exciting down the stretch for several of those teams. I think the divisional races aren't quite as close, but the wild card definitely is a factor uh, for a lot of these teams. And also Monday night football for next week. Browns-Jets, it's kind of a dumpster fire for both teams. Uh, the Browns had 18 penalties despite Odell Beckham Jr. wearing that cool watch that he likes so much. Can Baker Mayfield be a little better? Meanwhile, Sam Darnold has mono, which I'm not sure how you get that when you're not in high school or college. But <laughs> don't, don't start the rumor mill, uh, Joe. Joe's in the studio whispering over there uh and of course we've got joe d'amico in studio talking nfl rapid fire picks we've got a ton of games to get to a ton of winners and joe was really good uh in week one of nfl picks so you better listen to him we've got a great show uh coming up after the break we're starting off with college football after the break on picks and parlays radio And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. All right, so we've got a full slate of college football. and We've got Chip Trimbus joining us, who did pretty well on some of his picks. Yeah, um, Saturday was a good day. Um, we promoted the Colorado and Nebraska game the entire week, and Colorado wins outright. As a matter of fact, I had three underdogs that did win outright on Saturday for a really great winning day. But, you know, this Friday night games, um, it's really interesting what college has done is they throw these games out on Friday nights, and they usually are not primary top-rated matchups, right. you know. And, and we've got a 21-point favorite here in Boston College. They're 20-and-a-half. They'll go to 21 against Kansas. And, you know, Chelsea, we know Kansas has been an abomination for, for a number of years now. Right. And, Les um, Miles has his hands full. Uh, no. I know he's a great coach, but yep. it's, it's such a situation at Kansas. They've been a basketball school for so long uh, that football's really trying to keep up. And especially this season, it's been more of the same. They're one and one uh, including a loss to Coastal Carolina Not, at home. Yeah, they, they did. And um, though they showed improvement in that game because um, they did beat Indiana State. 
24 to 17 as like a 30 oh, well, point favorite. Well, congrats, guys. Yes, and they <laughs> averaged three yards a rush against Indiana State. Now, just imagine playing that you know, FBS school and only averaging three yards a rush. What's going to happen here against a Boston College team that put over 350 yards on the ground in one contest already this year? BC is 2 and 0. Um, they've really. They run the ball. A.J. Dillon is their right. top back, and um, they've beaten Richmond and Vermont. Now, that's not really saying too much at all, but they have a chance to go 3-0 and against a really weak Kansas team that has won one, one of their last 52 road games straight up. That's one out of 52, though they did manage to cover 15 of those 52 games. At home, there are 7-9-1 in non-conference games. They just don't get it done in non-conference either. And Kansas, I can't see them being much of a foe for the Eagles here. I think the Eagles are going to fly high against them. They played over eight out of the last ten games at home, which means they really like running up the points. They played right. Boston over. College has scored right. 80 points uh, in two games, yeah. including that impressive win over Virginia Tech, 35-28. to 28. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I think the run game is going to be a factor for both teams. A.J. Dillon, of course, uh, a great running back for Boston College. Right. Kansas has Puka Williams, who is actually one of the better running backs in the uh, in their division, but the problem is if their offensive line can't get him any holes and he can't get past the line of scrimmage, I mean, he's canceled. Didn't you, know? you, didn't you say to me you sort of like the under in this game because right, of the because run of games teams, of both teams, right? Yeah, the total sits at 51, so I think for that reason, I mean, 51 is not a huge number, but since they both run the ball in Kansas, they've had trouble scoring points. Their offense is just terrible, minus Puka Williams, and their quarterback has not been good at all this year. Les Miles has his hands full. He just doesn't have the talent that he had at LSU, needless to say, obviously. And, you know, and BC has gone under 11 out of 15 times against non-conference foes. Right. So you may have something there. You may be live. Um, if I was to lay the points or take the points, I would have a chance to want to lay it on a Friday night in Boston. So who are you taking in this one straight Well, I'll, I'll take Boston College. I'll lay the points. I mean, this is not a play that we would use or we would sell or put out on, on the websites. But for here for our discussion and analysis of the games, I would lay it as opposed to taking it. Right. All right, let's move on to Hawaii and Washington. Hawaii is 2-0 and on the season, but they have played uh, both of those games at home, and travel is a factor when it comes to Hawaii. They'll be going to Washington, where the Huskies are 21-and-a-half-point favorites. The total sits at 59. Uh, what are you thinking in this one? Well, I'm thinking they've already beaten the Pac-12 twice this year. Right. They it's beat a tough Arizona. year for the Pac-12. And um, <laughs> from what I understand, that the, um, the Wildcats, when they went for their opener against uh, Hawaii as, as a big favorite down there, and they got crushed by three touchdowns, and Hawaii committed six turnovers in that game. But regardless, the coaching staff said that this team, the Wildcats, went there and expected to just walk over this Hawaii rainbow team and um, not didn't think much of the competition, and they really had it handed to them. Washington's not going to be surprised, especially after the way Hawaii came, Hawaii came back and won again last week. This McDonald's has thrown for almost 800 yards. Yeah, 700, 799, 799 yards. He's right on yards. the cusp. Eight and, touchdowns, five interceptions. That's a little worrisome, but they do throw the ball a lot. They have they that run-and-shoot offense. Uh, Washington uh, is a defensive is a much better defensive team than Hawaii has seen, so I would take that and, to and into you, I think you well. said the key to this game is Hawaii is out of their, their element here, and right. um, they've already beaten two Pac-12 teams, and I think conference pride may actually come into this. 
after Washington blows the game to Cal, they really right. could have won that game. We've got to mention that. And they had some. Chris Peterson really did a horrible job in the in the final period. He he wasted 40 seconds to call a timeout, and there were all kinds of issues that they had down the stretch. And I think the Huskies are going to uh, rally around the lamppost, so to speak, here. And I think defense is the key, like you said. The the Rainbows haven't faced a defense like the Huskies are going to they're going to see here. And being on the road, I think it, uh, the line again is over 21, and I think they can name their score here. Uh, last time these two teams played, I think Washington absolutely annihilated um, Hawaii, and I expect it probably to happen again. Right. When you have a run-and-shoot offense, the quarterback does need some time to throw. Yeah. Uh, granted, they get the ball out a little quicker, but if Cole McDonald has a lot of pressure, which Washington can really bring, uh, and they're just size-wise, I think Washington's and, a lot bigger than the teams that they've And I, I don't think McDonald has seen the kind of pressure that the Huskies are going to apply right. here. And even in practice, it's difficult to simulate it. So um, I, I think Washington is the better squad. We know they're the better squad. It's just that can they make this Can number? they cover? Can they cover three <laughs> touchdowns and the hook? I we'll know. have to wait and see. It's not like my favorite players are not playing these games that are three touchdown favorites. Right, but once especially again, with that twenty-one and a half. That's a big number, it's and a tough you one. know Hawaii has shown they can score absolutely. Oh, yeah. They move the ball. This is why this number looks kind of um, intimidating to lay. I think a lot of people might want to be on Hawaii here with all those points, but I don't, I wouldn't take it myself. Right, and we tend to overreact early in the season, and like you mentioned. Washington is coming off that loss to Cal, which on paper looks bad because Cal's not a good team. But like I mentioned, you've got to remember not to overreact. And Cal much. was one of my outright winners last week, so I was very happy oh, about that. That was well. one of my releases, so I'd like to get that in. But um, I think that Washington is really looking to, to make a rebound here. All right, let's move on to Oklahoma and UCLA. Oklahoma, man, their offense seems to be humming at a fast rate. Jalen Hurts has nine touchdowns already, 591 yards of offense. I know their defense can be a little suspect, but you know what? They're coming off a 79-14 win over South Dakota. Granted, not a great opponent. UCLA... 0-2 oh, under Chip Kelly. Uh, as you mentioned, Pac-12's having a tough time. They look pitiful. I'll tell you that right now. We saw them against Cincinnati get annihilated, and last week they lost to San Diego State. We're talking about the Bruins of UCLA, of course. And Oklahoma, Chelsea, this team has put up 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing in both games that they've played so far this season. Right. Um, so Jalen Hurts is looking, make, looking to make his bed, bid for the Heisman Trophy. And this Oklahoma team is just incredible. They've won 20, 32 straight, excuse me, 32 straight non-conference games against unranked opponents. The right. last time they lost Chelsea was in the year 2005. They lost 41-24 to 24 to this UCLA Bruin team. Now, I don't mean this UCLA Bruin team. I was going to say, team. it's I mean, a little different good. these yeah, A little days. bit different now with Dorian Thompson-Robinson leading the way. He went 8-for-26 against Cincinnati. He just, they just haven't moved the ball at all. Uh, UCLA hasn't been able to run for 100 yards. And this Dorian Thompson showed a great improvement in the next game against San Diego State, which they did lose. But UCLA, where they are right now, is a, it's a total shock to me at how bad they've been. I expected Kelly to help this team. And yeah, I think improved. they're still a couple years it, away from that rebuild because it does, give, it does take coaches a, a few years uh, to get their players in, their recruits. Yeah. But UCLA, I think it's taken a little longer than their fans would have hoped. <laughs> I think, obviously, the question in this one yeah. uh, is not if Oklahoma can win. It's if they can cover. They're favored by 
uh, 22 and a half points, which is a big number, but Oklahoma has been scoring a ton of points. 128 points in two games. And so where would you lean on this well, one? Well, you know, like I said, I'm not a big point spread guy, and I've laid the first two games already. Now we have 22 and a half, and Oklahoma is so much better than UCLA. And this is a nationally televised game, by the way. There's right. going to be a lot of attention here. And I know, and everyone else out here knows that the action has come really heavily on the Sooners. I mean, wise guys, straight guys, no matter who you are, <laughs> um, they are on this side. And because of that alone, and Joe knows that I'm, I'm like the Antichrist when it comes to this. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to take UCLA and bite the bullet. Um, I don't know how, like, somehow, some way, this team's going to cover here. All right. Those are our college football picks on Picks and Parlays. After the break, MLB, stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this Friday the 13th, where we're hoping that our luck is actually pretty good. We've got Tony T joining us now to talk a little baseball. Tony, how's your Friday the 13th going? It's going well, feeling better, increased my dosage. I've got to feel about as high as a Bob Baffert horse right now, but I'm ready to talk some baseball with you. We've got just three more weekends of regular season baseball to go. That's about 15 games uh, for most teams. And two divisional races, Chelsea, Minnesota up three and a half on Cleveland and St. Louis, a four-game lead on the Cubs and the Brewers. Right. Uh, let's talk Twins and Indians. Uh, twins got uh, Jake Odorizzi on the mound, 14-6 and six with a 3-6-0 ERA. Aaron Savali going for the Indians, 3-3 three and three with a 1-9-3 ERA. He's been really good for the Indians. Uh, and that staff that's in general had a really good uh, year so far, whether it's their rotation or their bullpen. Twins, on the other hand, are known for hitting a lot of home runs. Uh, the total sits it at 10 on this one. Where are we leaning? We're going to go here, Minnesota and Cleveland, under the total of 10 runs. Minnesota favored in this one by minus 107. But we're going to take a look here at the under. I think these games are going to take shape. I feel like playoff pressure now, uh, as far, you know, because Cleveland's within distance here. But on the mound for Minnesota, as you said, Jake Odorizzi, he's allowed just three earned runs or fewer in eight straight starts. And the under is cashed in all eight of those games. You know, Odorizzi's faced Cleveland four times this season, giving up four earned runs in 22 and 30 innings pitched. Uh, of course, with the unders hitting all four times. And we look at uh, Odorizzi against the Indians. The under is 7-0 in his past seven starts. Looking the other way here with Savali Chelsea, he goes for Cleveland. He's given up, what, two earned runs or fewer in eight starts, under 6-1-1 in those games. He's faced the Twins twice, allowing one run in five innings on Saturday, a run over six innings a month ago. Past five games, Indians' bullpen has been sharp. Minnesota hitting just 207 as a team in that span. So, Chelsea, we're going Minnesota and Cleveland under 10 runs. All right, a nice little AL Central matchup there. And like you said, uh, probably not bad blood, I'm going to say, but I think these two teams probably like competing against each other uh, since they are divisional rivals. Let's move on to the Brewers and the Cardinals. Uh, the Brewers this week, notably Christian Yelich is now out for the season after fouling a ball off his knee. 
So that's a big blow to the Brewers lineup. I think he had like 44 home runs or something. He was a huge part of their offensive production. Uh, the Cardinals are taking uh, Adam Wainwright on the mound, 11-9, a 4-1-6 ERA, coming off a seven-inning start, allowing just one run to the Pirates, which you, you have an asterisk with. Uh, but Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers, 6-5 with a 3-5-9 ERA. Where are we leaning on this one? Well, another good pitching matchup here, Chess. I think some of these pitchers are starting to round into form for the start of the playoffs. We're going to come here under a total of eight runs. Uh, the the uh, St. Louis is favored by a minus 126 in this game. We're going to just look to the total going under. Adrian Hauser, as you said, is going to pitch for Milwaukee. He's pitched well, getting up just one run in six of his past seven starts. Now, in his past two starts against the Cardinals, the right-handers allowed one run in five innings and another start where he allowed a run in five and a third innings. You know, the Brewers' bullpen has been in good form, so it looks like they're rounding into shape for the playoffs. Also in that span, though, the Brewers' batch hitting just 184 against right-handers and the Cardinals' 226, so we're seeing the hitting uh, down a little bit. As you said, no Yelich in the lineup with that broken uh, kneecap. And Adam Wainwright, well, he's pitching well. One run allowed in his past two starts, working 14 innings. And, of course, that bullpen has been sharp. Uh, and the unders cashed in six of eight of their past eight head-to-head meetings. Brewers have gone under in 13 of 18. So, Chelsea, we're going underground again here, under the total of eight runs, Milwaukee and St. Louis. And especially with uh, some bullpen help from some of those September call-ups, I think that helps as well because you can keep guys fresher for longer. And when it comes to some of these garbage games, maybe when there's a lot of runs scored, you don't have to waste your good relievers. So that's a plus. Uh, let's move on to the Padres and the Rockies. Joey Lucchese, Lucchese I always say that wrong, uh, <laughs> going for the Padres against Jeff Hoffman of the Rockies. Who are you liking in this one? Well, we're going to look here at the Padres and Rockies. We're going to take San Diego Padres minus 111. The total in this game is high at 12 and a half, but we're going to take a look here at just the Padres minus 111. And you know what? Joey Lucchese, he's a contract guy. He's, he's got a one-year contract over $500,000 a year, so he's playing for, he's pitching for money. So uh, we, we want, we're going to take, we feel that's enough motivation here for Lucchese to go out there and have a good start. And the players will know that he's under contract here, so they'll, they'll try for him. Left-hander pitches in good form, allowing two earned runs in his past three starts, working 17 days. Now, Jeff Hoffman, he counters for Colorado. Man, he's been hammered. One and six record, 11 starts, ERA over seven. Whip 1.65. Rocks 0-3 in his past three starts. The right-hander's given up 12 earned runs in 12 innings. And, of course, Rockies' bats have been cold past five games, just 175. Padres' bullpen's pitched a little better. And San Diego has won four of six, and they've beaten the Rockies six of eight head-to-head. Hey, I've got a pitcher who's on a one-year contract, who's in good form, Chelsea. I'm going to take him, San Diego minus 111. These guys are trying to do poorly. Uh, everyone's uh, pitching for their job. But as you mentioned, especially in the NFL, it seems like that guys under contract, they really try to do well. Uh, I've told you many times before that I'm a Titans fan. And Marcus Mariota, he's looked better this year so far. And he's in a contract year. And let's move on to Monday Night Football. We've got Browns at Jets coming up on Monday. This is a matchup that you could call a bit of a dumpster fire. The Browns are coming off that huge, huge loss to my Titans by 30 points. Uh, meanwhile, the Jets are going to be without quarterback Sam Darnold, who has mono, of all things. Uh, first thoughts on this one. Yeah, here we got the line here. Uh, Cleveland favored seven, total 44. I'm going to take the points of the New York Jets plus seven. You know, when the game opened with Cleveland minus two and a half, 
I was kind of leaning the Cleveland side, I'll be honest with you. But uh, that's with Sam Darnold starting. But, you know, now with Trevor Simeon getting the start, we see the line move four and a half points to, to Cleveland minus seven. I got to take plus seven. You know, let's compare Trevor Simeon and Sam Darnold here. Darnold, 59% career passer, 18 touchdowns, 15 picks. Jets are four and 10 in his games as a starter. Uh, you know, obviously his loss hurts Darnold's development. Donald is far from a finished product at this point of his career. Simeon, a career 59% passer, 30 touchdowns, 24 picks, 13-11 as a starter. He has more experience, and let's face it, he was signed by the Jets because he had a winning record as a starter. You know, Trevor Simeon, a seventh-round pick who worked his way into the starting position with the Broncos, now a backup with the Jets, and the line moved from Cleveland minus 2.5 to minus 7. I'm telling you, Chelsea, I just don't think Sam Donald is worth 4.5 points in the line I, I don't see much drop-off here with Simeon because, again, Darnold, a young, developing quarterback, Simeon, Simeon is experienced, so I'm definitely going to take the points with the Jets. As someone who took the Jets last week and got burned, <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to take the Jets uh, this week, especially because I see what you're saying about Sam Darnold, but they're also missing some other players. C.J. Mosley, who is their best linebacker, he went to Alabama uh, is a big loss for them. I don't think he practiced yesterday. I'll have to double check and see uh, if he's actually going to play this weekend. Him and Quinn and Williams are big blows to their defense, and that's a problem for me. Uh, so the Jets aren't just missing Sam Darnold. They're missing other people, and that makes me a little cautious. However, I mean, do you think the Browns look any better in their, in their second game? That's the question mark here is with Cleveland's defense. I was, again, I was a big skeptic of Cleveland coming into the, in the, into the season because I was worried really about their defense. And of course, Baker Mayfield, three picks in that 43-13 defeat to Tennessee. You know, remember his hand was wrapped after Sunday's game, so it took a beating there. Of course, he, he practiced without the wrap on Tuesday. But uh, took, something that really got my attention here is he took five sacks at home last week. And of course, the coaches film, we talked about that uh, on our previous segment here. Uh, yesterday about the coach's film that's out released. Uh, the writers have saw it. A lot of writers are writing about what they're seeing on tape here. And the issue is, is the Cleveland receivers are just not getting open. Uh, Baker Mayfield holding the ball a little too long, which points to he's trying to go for those big plays. You know, Justin, when you have somebody like OBJ in the lineup, you feel pressure to try to get, get him the ball in those, in those fly patterns. And that means you have to hold the ball a little longer and that subjects him to punishment and hits. Fair. I think the Titans defense is a lot better than the Jets defense is going to be because uh, everybody likes to forget that the Titans had the third best defense in the entire NFL last season. So I think we've got to give some some credit to my Titans. However, uh, the Browns, they've got to mentally pick themselves back up. Uh, I don't know. It's just this stuff with OBJ wanting to wear the watch. And people forget they have Jarvis Landry, too. So I hope that he's going to get some targets, too, because he is really good. And I think he's lost in the mix sometimes. But, yeah, it'll be a challenge for Freddie Kitchens to, to bounce back because I think, I don't know, it's a tall task for him because I think just running an NFL team when you haven't been a head coach before is a tall task, and especially when they've got so many personalities on that team. Absolutely. You know one thing about the NFL it is a bounce-back leave. It's a love-hate relationship. You got to love a team one week, then you got to hate them the next. And that's usually how the NFL works. You know, team that you're on, uh, you know, you, you, you're probably going to have to go against them in the next game. And sometimes it's really tough. I know how it feels when you lose a game with a team and the next week they look at like the right side and you, you don't want to play them because you got burned. Uh, that happens a lot in the NFL. I mean, you know, when you look at the points for records at the end, a lot of them are really close to 500. That means they're going to win, lose, win, lose. And, uh, 
you got to really bite the bullet sometimes and just kind of go with go go with who you feel who, who, who has the best value in the line right. and again looking at this i just don't i don't see it uh here with, with with the browns going on the road on a monday night there's gonna be a lot of you know the jet fans show up and, and support their team that's one thing about the new york fans is they show up and support the team here and i also concerned here with the with the Browns secondary you know marcus mariota completed only 14 passes but they went for 248 yards and they also gave a big play touchdown 75 yards to derrick henry yeah derrick henry was running like a madman and running like he was playing against the jaguars a team that he always torches um but do you think this line moves any before next because we have almost a not a week but we have several days before this game uh do we get this line now or should we wait I think if you can find a seven, you better get it now because I don't think that seven is going to hold. There's only a few books that have this seven, and I think it may be six and a half, six. Again, I think people are going to examine here, seeming a little bit more as we get into the, into, into the lineup and see there isn't much difference between the two. You did mention the injuries uh, there for the Jets, but also, too, the, it's the Cleveland defense that has been the big word for me coming into the season and last season. So uh, I think if you get the seven, you better get it. All right, that is our talk with Tony T. We're back after the break with more NFL talk on Fix and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network on this Friday the 13th, where we've got Joe D'Amico hopefully bring us some some good luck and we were just talking about his watch and how he said it was nicer than all OBJ's my watches watch. are better than odb i'm classy i'm better i'm better looking he's got ocd or odb whatever he's got i'm better looking and i'm cooler and i've got winners for everybody chelsea i am proud to be here closing up friday's show with you you know yeah. when you go see a show sports fans when you go see an entertainment show who closes the show? The headliners. And the headliners. the headliners are closing the show today. I love Chipper. I love Tony. I love Chipper. I used to hang out with Chipper, you know. I like to hang out with him because I got all those good parking spots. Now, listen, <laughs> let's talk about NFL. Uh, can I, I, I want to, you know, I hate to gloat. I hate to brag. Oh, really? I don't that mean sounds... to brag and I don't mean to boast. Doesn't I'm the sound best capper like from you. coast to coast, guys. Sports fans, how about last Sunday where I went a perfect 3-0 and in my NFL, including a big win on my AFC Game of the Month. It was a squeaker, guys. Baltimore Ravens blew up the Miami Dolphins 59-10. Guys, this week at Picks and Parlays, four big winners. My 13-3 Dominator, my 19-5 Bookie Buster, they're already 1-0 this season. My 26-6 High Roller, they're 1-0 this season, guys. It doesn't get bigger or better than my NFL total of the month. I am also 2-0 in big games in college football. Saturday, four big money makers for you, including a free winner. Guys, I got my 42-13 Las Vegas strip move. My 52-16 touchdown play. Those are 2-0 already this season. My 25-6 high roller. Get all my winners right here at Picks and Parlays, guys. Or even better, take advantage. Make yourself, make sure that you have a winning season. Buy a season discounted package. And Chelsea, week two, NFL. Right, you got to keep your record going strong because got to do it in this in this line of work. It's what have you done for me lately? So just like my relationship with my wife. Oh no, um, I do want our, our listeners and our viewers to know something. Week two in the NFL. A lot of people out there feel that the opening week of the season is the most difficult. I feel it's week two, and I want to tell you where a lot of people fall into a trap. They, we only have really week one to base our predictions on. Right. And a lot of people overthink it. They put too much thought into one game that happened the previous week. Overreactions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Chelsea, I want you, I want our listeners and viewers to know, 
bet wisely, guys. Uh, we've got some big winners on the show today. I'm very excited, Chelsea. I'm great. I, I just love being here with you. It's a gorgeous day in Vegas. We got to see Chipper. Uh, we got we got yeah. to watch Tony Telez via via the uh, satellite here, yeah. and, and um, we're going to have a good time. We're going to close the show with some big NFL winners. Right. All right. So let's get to it. Let's start with Seattle and Pittsburgh. Uh, the uh, I almost said the Pirates. The Steelers are point. minus four, uh, despite looking pretty terrible against the Patriots. True, true, Chelsea. Sports fans, uncharacteristic, as Chelsea mentioned, the Steelers, they really didn't show us anything worked for them last week as they got steamrolled by the Patriots. 33-3, but this team does have a lot of talent, and they do have a lot of pride, guys. Uh, many handicappers are thinking bounce back here, but I got to tell you, sports fans, the Seahawks are a solid team. They've got a smart coach. And, oh, yeah, they've got Clowney on defense now. He had a couple of tackles last week. He had a big sack. Uh, and until Big Ben in the offense shows me something, they are a play against for me as a favorite. I'm going to tell you what. I put, on a, I put a lean on the underdog here. I'll take the Seahawks plus the four points as of taping. I gotta take the dog here until Pittsburgh shows me something something that they right. wrong. Especially with their offense being so dismal. Uh, I'm just wondering if they can make up for the loss of Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's really dramatic, and yeah, he brings a lot of problems, but he almost acts as a decoy uh, for Juju to get open. Because, you know, Absolutely. when you have A.B. on the field, he's taking your best defender, uh, and so your other receivers can get open. So can Juju be a number one receiver uh, and, you know, make up for the production that they lost with A.B.? Well, he certainly has the talent. He's got right. the tools to be a very good receiver. He's got the height, the weight, the speed, the hands. Big Ben, you know, he's found a way to win over the years. I'm not crazy about Robert Watching him run? Oh, oh my man. God. It's, it's, I'll be honest with you. It's like watching Chipper climb the stairs. I want you to know I'm not a big fan of Ben. I know he's a winner, but I think that over the years he's tucked the ball. Uh, he's he's also, held out the ball a little too often. I think he throws the ball up a little too often. I'll be honest. Terry Bradshaw was never crazy about it. He's a Hall of Famer. If it wasn't for that defense, that team would not have been I was a, Super say, Bowl, a Super Bowl team. I remember one of the years uh, Big Ben was one of the first quarterbacks in a Super Bowl to only throw for, I think, 100 and some yards. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's had a lot of help around him. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, that defense has been so good. And traditionally, just this is just a good team all around. They usually have a good run game. Uh, so... I mean, Seattle didn't cover last week either, but... But I think getting four <laughs> points, you know, they, they, they've got a smart coach. They've got, they've got Clowney Russell on Wilson defense. Russell is always good, too. Absolutely. I'll be honest. Until Pittsburgh shows me something, I've got to go against them. If they're a favorite, plus the four points, I'm taking Seattle. All right, let's move on to Dallas and Washington. Uh, Dallas is favored in this one, minus five and a half. Total sitting at 46 and a half. What do you think on this one, the Ch boys? Chelsea, I'm going to be honest. Last week I went against them just on the show here on Aline. I'm going to do it again. I feel Washington, the Washington offense can keep the Dallas defense on the field, therefore keeping the Dallas offense off the field. Yes, Dallas is a better team on paper, but guys, they were just that, exactly that, a season ago when these two NFC East rivals split out two meetings. I mean, they each won a game last year, and they were better on paper last year again. The underdog is 31-11 against the spread the last 42 meetings of the series. Plus five and a half, I've got to put a lean, a lean on the Cowboys here. Uh, I will say Washington surprised a lot of people uh, when, I don't know, it depends on the number you had, but they were supposed to get trounced by the Eagles mm -hmm. last week, and it didn't happen. So, I mean, you've got to give them some credit. Case Keenum actually didn't look too bad. You know, Chelsea, the, the NFC East is a very, it's a black and blue division. It's, it, there's a, they play each other very tough. Right. Okay, I'll be honest. There's a lot of history in that oh, division, absolutely. and the fans hate each other. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been to those games. I'll tell you what, I hate some of those fans, and I don't even, I'm not even at the game. I'll be honest with you. Um, we're going to talk about the Eagles in a few more games from now. I will touch on the NFC East. 
But uh, as far as uh, as far as that goes, I'll be honest, it's a tough division. Right. All right, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Ravens. The Ravens were one of the teams that looked incredibly good mm -hmm. uh, in week one under Lamar Jackson, who has now proven that he can throw the ball. He's not just a, a dual-threat guy. He's not just a running back, as some people call him. Uh, he looked really good, and like he's really worked on uh, his mechanics over – the offseason, but Baltimore is favored by 13 points. Is that number too high, you I, think? I'll be honest with you. Uh, my friends, I've got every, every, I got everybody paid last week. AFC Game Alone on the Ravens. Um, but after last week's performance and having the Kansas City Chiefs on deck, yes, they play the Chiefs next, I think there's a real tough spot for the Ravens to lay nearly two touchdowns. To me, Chelsea, this game is trying to decide whether to go on a date with either Rosie O'Donnell or Roseanne Barr. I'd rather be celibate. All right, I'm staying away from this game. I think there are better games on the board, sports fans. Uh, I think the Cardinals might look a little better uh, in this game since Kyler Murray actually looked really good in the second half. The first half, he didn't look so good. Granted, that was against the Lions, who are not the Ravens. <laughs> Let's move on uh, to Jacksonville and Houston. The Texans are favored in this one, minus 8.5 at home. Total sits at 43.5. The Texans uh, nearly beat the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, do you think they cover that big number against the, ja uh, the Jags? Chelsea Foles is out with a broken collarbone. Minshew is at the home for the Jags here. Houston won and covered both meetings this season ago and comes in here. Let's face it, they're pissed off after last week's two-point heartbreaking loss to the Saints in New Orleans. They're looking for a little redemption here in front of their home crowd. I'm not crazy about the number here, eight and a half, but if I had to play this game, i got to lay the points with the Texans at home. Right. Uh, there's some interesting matchups in this game uh, when it comes to receiver defensive back. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to see De DeAndre Hopkins of the Texans go against Jalen Ramsey, who normally calls everybody trash, but DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins was the one player he's actually uh, been complimentary of because he does have a 99 rating in Madden, and he's one of the best <laughs> receivers in the league. Funny side note, if me and DeAndre Hopkins would get married, he would be DeAndre D'Amico. Anyway... Uh, I, and I digress. Um, no, you know what? I, I would have to take the Texans at home here. I think I think they're the better. Not I think they're the better team, and I think they're they, they're looking for a little reduction after last week's heartbreaking loss. Right. I think Gardner Minshew actually looked a lot better than people <laughs> thought. Yeah. Uh, I think he had a, an eighty percent completion percentage, but um, Houston they looked pretty good against the Saints. They nearly won. Deshaun Watson doing all he can mm -hmm. despite having not the greatest offensive line. Uh, so if he can have the time and just not get pummeled by the Jags, which I know they do have a good pass rush, but yeah, uh, Houston just looked so good in week one. Yeah. It's hard for me not to overreact. It's, it's kind of tough, you know, but like I said, it's hard to judge just from week one, but this is the, the, they're playing good, and like I said, they're looking for a little redemption here, I believe. All right, let's move on to Chicago uh, and Denver. Chicago, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Chelsea, sports fans, I would absolutely love to give you this game, but not only do I have this side as my 26-6 NFL high roller, they're already 1-0 this season, but I also have this game as my NFL total of the month. I don't put out a lot of totals in NFL, but when I do, they are money. You get both big winners right here at Picks and Parlors. I'm going to go 2-0 in this game. Are you? I am. I picked against Chicago in the first game of the season, despite a lot of people on our network wanting to pick the Bears, and I took the Packers. So, uh, not sure if I have a whole lot of faith in Mitch Trubisky and that offense. Uh, let's move on to New Orleans and the L.A. Rams. Uh, the Rams are minus two in this one. Total sits at 52. 
This is a revenge game if we've ever seen oh. one because everybody remembers that call to uh, end the, the Saints season against the Rams. Well, a couple of no calls, quote unquote, right. no calls, <laughs> more than one, you know. Um, once again, Chelsea, I'd love to talk about I don't just love this game, like this game. I love this game. Guys, I absolutely love this game. This is my 19 to 5 bookie buster. I got you paid last week with a bookie buster in the NFL. You get it here at Picks and Parlays. You will get paid. I want to. I want to talk about it. We can talk about it next week after everybody gets paid. Right. But I can't because I want everybody to be on this game this week. That's how much I love this game. Right. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta. I'm a little surprised that the Eagles are only favored by one and a half mm -hmm. points. Granted, it is in Atlanta, but. I mean, the Eagles looked good in the second half. So that's what I'm worried about. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Are you, are you playing this one, or is this one of the ones you really like? You know, I do. I, I, I'm going to give it out, but I do like this game. I want you to know, earlier on in the week, you know, it's, it's a big process. Uh, my process. Whenever somebody else, if they throw a dart at a dartboard, or if they flip a coin, <laughs> well, if they win more power to them, my process is very, very long. It's drawn out. I do a couple of sets of my own power ratings. I put it against the number. I, do, I deal with some different people in the business that move lines with big right. bets before they move their lines. I, I, I know where lines are going to move. That's uh, played a big part, a big, big key in the a big key to my success process. over the years. Yeah. Um, and then you got to take some other things into consideration. I will tell you this, though. I really didn't look at this game in detail until uh, I was asked to do this game on the show, but I really like it. I mm -hmm. really like this game. It seems so long ago, guys, that the Falcons were an NFC force and they went to the Super Bowl about as long as it was that I had a lot of hair in my head. Guys, the Eagles, <laughs> that's, a, that's a long I used to have hair like Chelsea. Um, oh. Yes, yep, oh, and blonde too. Um, guys, the Eagles are touted to be the best team in the NFC East and are only one of six teams in the entire NFL forecasted to have double-digit wins, 10 or more victories. Uh, they won to cover the last three meetings in this series. Sports fans, I really feel bad. Atlanta's offensive line still resembles a piece of Swiss cheese. Their defense is horrible. The head coach Dan Quinn is on the hot seat. I think things are really going to get worse before they get better for, for the Falcons and their fans. Philly, all, both of these are against the, uh, against the spread. 12-5-1 the last 18 meetings in the series and 4-0 the last four on the road. Falcons against the spread. 2-5 the last seven at home. 2-7 two and, two and against the number of the last nine overall. They do not get the betters paid. Remember something, guys. This isn't, I know earlier on, I know Chipper and you were talking about something about betting with your heart, or, or you and Tony were talking about heart, and maybe, oh, Tony said something Getting about burned betting, teams. betting a team the week before and then going against them. This is not about your heart, all right? The teams that you love, I mean, it's one thing if you're an Ohio State alumni and you love them. It's another thing if your favorite team is the New York Yankees. Um, <laughs> I want you guys to know, that's one thing, but remember something. The New York Yankees and Ohio State do not pay your rent, okay? This is about wins and losses. Your heart doesn't belong in this. Do it with your head. Sometimes, yeah, oh, well, oh, well, oh, I had Notre Dame last week. I hate them this week. Put money in your pocket. Let me tell you something. Out of your heart, in your head, that's all that matters. Whether you like somebody last week and you hate them this week or vice versa, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting paid. Keep your heart out of this. <laughs> right. Keep your mind in it, and that's that. And guys, All right. betting gotta, advice and life advice life from advice. Joe D'Amico. That's I, our NFL segment. We'll be back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. And also, give us a shout 
on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're the first thing that pops up, so we're very easy to find. So no excuses to not follow us, like us, and subscribe, and every other action that you can do on social media. Uh, it was a great show today on this Friday the 13th. Uh, we started off with college football, and we're going to recap all of our picks from today's show. In case you weren't listening, we got you covered. Chip Cherimbus, uh came in studio to talk a little college football. Kansas at Boston College. Taking Boston College to cover that big number, minus 20 and a half. Oklahoma at UCLA. Chip's taking the dog in this one. UCLA at plus 23 and a half. Washington at Hawaii. Take Washington. Minus 21 and a half because Hawaii is making that long journey uh, for the first road game of the season. Moving on to Tony T's MLB picks. Twins at Indians taking the under in that one as well as the Brewers Cardinals taking unders in both of those games. Padres at Rockies taking the Padres at minus 111. And Monday Night Football, a little bonus pick for you guys. Uh, it's the Browns and the Jets in a dumpster fire matchup for the ages. Taking the Jets at plus seven. Tony is. That's his pick. Uh, Joe D'Amico was in studio as well today for NFL rapid fire picks. Seahawks, Steelers taking the Hawks plus four. Cowboys, Redskins taking the Redskins plus five and a half. Jags, Texans taking the Texans to cover minus eight and a half. Eagles, Falcons taking Eagles minus one and a half. Bears, Broncos. Uh, that is one of Joe's top picks that you can find on Picks and Parlays and Saints and, and, and Rams. That's his bookie buster play. So you know he's got strong feelings on that as well as most things that he talks about. All right, that's our show. Uh, we'll be back next week for more betting talk on Picks and Parlays Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.